If I can ask Zuko to come and read a scripture, a portion of scripture. The reading of scripture is very important. The word changes us. Reading from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Hallelujah. Mm. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God created, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Mm. Praise be to God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, (laughs) Zuko. So last week we had uh, Jeff Love sharing on, uh, on verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And in the New Living Translation it says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago to do. And he bought some canvas and he cut them up into little squares. And we were required to write on those little squares, I am God's masterpiece. I am God's masterpiece. So I want you to say that again today. I am God's masterpiece. I am God's masterpiece. That was the essence of his message last week. He opened that and and brought that to us. And I think we really need to relook at that a little bit again this morning. So often we hear a wonderful message one week and then another wonderful one the next week. And if you asked me three weeks ago what I preached on, I probably wouldn't be able to tell you. So because we go from one thing to the next. But the most important thing we need to know is that we are his masterpieces. Because we have somebody who who wants to knock us off our perch. We have uh, somebody who's always trying to get at you. We have uh, an, an evil one who's always accusing. He's accusing you day and night, I think the scripture says. Night and day, he's accusing you. And the good news today 
is that you are His masterpiece, that you are His workmanship. That's done and dusted. That is what God has done in your life if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And it's wonderful because that verse in verse 10 comes from chapter 1 and chapter 2. And Alex preached a few weeks ago about in Him. He preached from Ephesians chapter 1. In Him. And then it's in Ephesians chapter 2. It's we're dead in trespasses and we are disobedient and we are children of wrath and the wrath of God is coming against us. And then it says, but God, who is rich in mercy, what does He do? He redeems us. He sends a Savior. He sends Jesus that we might have life. And He goes through it and there's, there's nothing we can do to boast about it. And then it comes to this most wonderful verse. For we are His workmanship. We are His handiwork. We are His poems. We are His chosen ones. I'm going to carry on a little bit more of that, but I want to go to one other scripture. And it's in 1 Peter 2 verse 9. And it says there, it says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for His own possession, that you might proclaim the excellencies of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. There's this transfer from darkness into light in Peter and in Ephesians, which we've just read. And we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. That's you and I. That's what the Scripture says about you, that we are His treasured possession. I know in the, in the Passion Translation it, it reads like this, but you are a chosen treasure. Priests who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. We are a chosen treasure. And that's taken from Exodus chapter 5. I'm not going to go there. And there's a Hebrew word called segula, which means a special treasure or possession. That's who you and I are. So I would love you to write, if you've still got that little piece of paper, I would like you to write on the back, I am God's treasure. I am His special treasure. And it was used in, the, in, in, the, in those days, it was to describe how you, you guarded your wealth. So the, the king would place his jewels and his treasures in a safe place. They were protected because they had extraordinary value. So your diamonds and your rings and your, and your sapphires and rubies and your platinum and your gold would be tre your treasured possession. And that's what God says about you and I. We are his treasured possessions. I think Alex might have talked about we are his, in his inheritance. We are his heirs. We, we are his we, heirs, not his. <laughs> we are his heirs. We are his, we, we, he inherits you and I. Isn't that amazing? That the creator of the universe who created all this, all this stuff gets you and I to be his treasure. So we are his masterpiece. If you hear nothing else than that from last week and this week, and we are his treasures, then you have enough. 
particularly if we walk that out in, in the day, we've got to walk out and, and chew on it and, and think about it and, and make it a part of our lives. Because as we do that, that's, who, that's how we will live. We will, we will live as treasures. We will live as His chosen, as holy ones. We will live as He says who we are. I love it in the, um, the Amplified Version. It says, For we are His workmanship, His own masterwork, a work of art, created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used, for good works, which God has prepared for us beforehand, that we might walk in them, living the good life which He prearranged and made ready for us. It just kind of amplifies it and gives it life. That, that this good life, this treasure, this, this treasure that we are, is not for ourselves. It's always to give away. We give away who we are. We were made to... Give ourselves away. And so that word in uh, workmanship or masterpiece, I think it's in the Greek, it says P-O-I-E-M-A, poema. That's it is. That's what you have been made. It's a work that someone has done in your life. You are the work of someone. We have a look and we've sung this magnificent song about God creating the billions of, of galaxies and creating the world. Psalm 19 verse 1 says, The heaven declares the glory of God and the sky above declare His handiwork. Wherever we look, we see trees, we see... Uh, I listen to Louis Armstrong singing, uh, What a Wonderful World. You know, yeah, I see trees are green, red roses too. Uh, and, and, you know, so I heard a man, he's just, he's got that gruff voice and he just does it so well. The, the, God's creation. God's creation. I want the sound people to put something on my voice so I sound like Louis when I sing next time. So he, we are, we are, he's created all this universes and all this stuff. But he's also created you and I. Psalm 100 verse 3 says, Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. God has made us, and we are not made for ourselves. Who are we made for? We made for Him. And so, He redeems us. There was a line in that song, and it was about a hundred million failures, a hundred billion failures, or whatever it was. Where is that song? Yeah, no, I know they disappear, and that's good, the, the, the grace of God. But what about, I was talking with Jockey last night. If you didn't come last night to the fundraiser dinner, it was completely amazing. We had this choir from... Uh, Shongweni, these young men, and they sing, and, and they, they train themselves. I've been to the Kersney Choir, and the Kersney Choir are magnificent, and they win gold and all that. But these guys have nothing, they, and, and they just sing, and they sang so beautifully. It was just so refreshing. Now I've lost, 
where I am. Yeah, there's a hundred failures, hundred billion failures talking with jockey. But it's not only our failures that keep us from God, it's our good works. Our good works. Our good works. The things that we think we should do. God has created good works for us to do, yes. But the hardest people to reach are the good people. And they need to be reached. Because they think they've got it together. Because they're kind and, 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 and they're they generous and all those kind of things. But salvation comes in only one place and that is in the name of Jesus. And so God has to redeem us. He has to redeem the good people and the failures, the hundreds of millions of failures. It's probably a little bit easier to reach the failures because they know that they need God. And so God redeems us. God pays a price. What is the price he pays? He, he redeems us and sends Jesus. He redeems us from the power of the law. He redeems us from the power of sin through Jesus. You and I were bought with a price. It's an amazing price. It's not any old price. It's the blood of Jesus. You have worth. That's what he, he talked about last week. He, he looked at the worth of a masterpiece. How much is a, is a painting worth that I paint? Well, probably the... Uh, up, <laughs> it's not worth anything. I was trying to look for some redeeming factor in my artwork. But my artwork is like my dancing and my singing. No, it's even, even worse. But if there was a Picasso or a... I like Van Gogh. Is there, if there was a Van Gogh, people are prepared to pay a hundred million. That's what he said last week. But we don't have any Van Goghs here. I can't sell you a Van Gogh today. But what I want you to take away is that you have worth. You have worth of the blood of Jesus. He went to the cross and he died for you. And so we are, have value. And in the prayer meeting on Tuesday, one of the things that came up was not only that we ha how we have value, not only in that it's just you know, painted by somebody who's magnificent and great, the, the, the artist is, is Van Gogh, so it's, it's rich. There's a uniqueness, a rarity. So if you have a penny black stamp, I don't know what that's worth, 100 million, just one stamp. Why is it worth anything? Because there there, there's, there's only one, one or two left in the world. We are all unique. We all have value in God's sight. We are all so loved that he sent his son to die for you. And we are his handiwork. And I think most people here have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. If anybody hasn't, afterwards, come and see Zelani or Alex or, or me or, or anybody and say, I don't know Jesus. I need to know Jesus. But we are made by God. Leaves no room for pride. Leaves no room for boasting. 
A self-made man is probably badly made. I mean, one of the the self-made men has died this week. One of those famous, iconic men. Hugh Hefner. He died this week. He died this week. A self-made man. I mean, I don't know where he was at the end of his life. But Jesus died for, for, for the Hugh Hefners. He died for, the, for me and for you. Let's not make ourselves. We were made for somebody else. So what I'm going around and rambling around, I'm just in the weeks, and I, the same scriptures keep coming up. For you are not your own. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God in your body. Honor your God in how you live. Live holy, righteous lives. Because we've been bought with a price. And it's His workmanship. He's going to work at you. If you look at that scripture, it says, For we are His workmanship. He is working in us. And one of the things He needed to do more than anything was He needed us to come back to Him. He loved us so dearly. And so that's what He did. He came to redeem us. He came to put us in Christ. 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. He doesn't just come and give us a little bit of a touch over. over. I have a look at... Uh, oh, uh, <laughs> there's, there's no paint jobs or, you know, it's just... It's a complete recreation. Yeah, good call. I didn't go there. That was a miracle. I I am progressing in in, in life. I would like lunch. So so that's why. (laughs) God rewards those who deliver. There's a reward if you... Yeah, yeah. Now I'm getting really into trouble now. But we were created in in Christ Jesus. We, We are His creation for Him. What does He want us to be? He wants us to be Christ-like. He wants you and I to be Christ-like. And that was the problem with the fall. When we look at in the beginning, what did Jesus do? What did God do? In Genesis 1.26, He says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. That's, that's after He had created all the heavens and the earth and the trees and the fields and the... And, and, and all the stars, and, and, I mean, and, and then he creates man. And this is, this is he, it's all good. Until this point, it's like kind of very good. And we are created in the image and likeness of him. So what are we created for? To worship him, to praise him. We're created to love if I asked you what is one of the main characteristics of God, you would probably say God is love. And that's who we were created originally. Before the fall, we were created to be loving beings. And when God would have looked at us, He would have seen some of Himself in us. Because we would reflect Him. Because we were created in His image. And so he looks around and he sees nothing comparable to Adam. You and I were not created for evil. We were created to know him, 
to walk with them and to tend the garden and love each other. That's what we were created to do. But then we know the story and we know the story well. He put this one command in the, in the garden that you shouldn't eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat from that tree. That's the only commandment that, he, that, they, that they had, which was going to have a, a negative consequence. Because on the day you do that, you, what will? you will die. He didn't do that because he was just trying to be nasty. Because he knew that if we did that, if we ate from the tree of, the, the, the tree of knowledge of good and evil... We would, uh, we would die. It would have devastating consequences on our lives. It would mar us forever. And so, uh, man eats from the tree. We know the story. And man grumbles and complains and moans and says, oh, well, it was because the woman you gave me. It was the woman you gave me. If you hadn't given me the woman, I wouldn't have eaten from the tree. So it was, it, it, God, it's actually your fault. Passes, uh, we, we try and kick for touch, pass the ball to somebody else. It's not my fault. A few moments before that, she was flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. She was, wow, this is woman. This is my beauty. This is the one I love. Suddenly now, oh, oh, it's all her fault. And then Eve does exactly the same thing. The devil made me do it. She passes the buck. The devil made me do it. No responsibility, no repentance, just hiding. Has to be somebody else's fault. Don't you hear that when you hear people moaning about their lot in life? Well, it was because I was this, and when I was three, that happened to me. And that's not what we were created for. So the first effect of sin, really, I mean, there's probably many more, is kind of self-centeredness. There's a self-consciousness. There's a self-justification. There's a self-protection. There's a self-defense. They're self-serving. It's me, 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 me. There's only three important people in this world. Me, myself, and I. So when we in Adam, unfortunately, we all were included in Adam. When Adam ate, we ate with him, and we became self-serving and self-centered. That's why Jesus came and died for us, to redeem us. He came and walked and modeled a completely different life. He walked completely in love. He modeled the life which you and I are meant to walk. We are meant to be like Jesus. Romans 8, we are to be conformed into the image of his son. That's what he wants you and I to be. When we look at what, he, what we are, that means we, are, we lay down our lives. We, 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 we sacrifice ourselves. In Luke chapter 9, verse 23, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Why would Jesus say that you have to deny yourself? Why? Well, 
You deny yourself because you were never made for you. You were made for Him. You were made to worship Him. You were made to seek His kingdom and His righteousness. You were made to bring a difference to this world. Whether it's in a business place or whether it's on the, uh, in, as a teacher or as a sweeper or whatever you do, you were made to make a difference. You were to, you, you, we work not for, for, us, for ourselves. We don't even work for our bosses. We work for the King. You were never made for you. You were made for the image of God. And what does the image of God look like? It looks like, in 1 Timothy 1 verse 5, he says, But the goal of our instruction is love, which springs from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. So the goal is love. When I look at us at Sarepta, and I'm talking to myself as well, am I loving? Am I loving? Am I reflecting Jesus? God is love. We were made to love. Who's got a microwave at home? Quite a few people have microwaves. Except for Esty and Daryl. They definitely don't have a, a microwave. So when you put your food in the microwave... I don't understand microwaves at all because the, the plate gets a hang of a hot and the food is still cold after quite a long time. But, but, but that's not the point. The point is microwaves warm up stuff and, and, and you can cook stuff and that's, that's, that's absolutely great. But they're not made for metal. Who has ever by mistake put, in, put a fork in there and you get the sound... <laughs> And you see sparks and you, think, and, and you, you quickly uh, hit, the, hit the off button. We, that's, that's what we do. Because if we, I don't know what would happen if you left it going for a while. I think maybe the whole thing would explode and, 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 the, and, the, and the product would be ruined. And the illustration of this is that uh, microwaves were not designed for metal. For, for metal. And as we read scriptures, we are not designed for ourselves. We are designed for Him. If you live for yourself, you destroy yourself. Because you weren't made for you. You were never made for you. You were always made for the image of God. And so Jesus is asking us to deny ourselves. He's asking us to give up something of ourselves but he's only asking to give up that which we were never to be in the first place. Thank you. One amen here. So when uh, Adam ate from the tree, what did, he, what did he do? He became a god unto himself. He worshipped himself. And that's the beauty of the gospel of the good news. Is that... Uh, Jesus came to redeem us. Those things, we, I have, as we look at humanity, and we look at the fallen humanity, it is so far fallen from where God intended it to be, that it's almost unrecognizable. And I have a look at the debates of uh, the homosexuality thing. And I, and I have a look and, and, and I see that was not who we were created to be. 
That's part of, part of the fall. If you read in Romans, it's part of the choosing to ignore God. He hands us over to ourselves. And that's where humanity is at in this world. You, know, we do, you read the newspaper and you see what happens and you're just horrified. You, we are just horrified. There's just so much evil just exploding wherever you look. So we, I, somebody said it was, I'm glad to see you all here because last week, the 23rd, somebody said was the end of the world. But we're all here today. But we do know the world is coming to an end sometime. And as we see the days growing darker, we, we, we know that the Lord is coming. And as we grow in Him and as we walk holy in Him, we can hasten the day that He comes. If we live righteous, holy lives, we can actually hasten the day that He comes. So, what, what we think is normal is not normal. Because it's living from self-centeredness. Right from when we were born, right from when we came out of our mother's womb, there was the first thing we did was, ah! Is everybody awake? Anybody? That's just, you know, the last thing, just to make sure everybody's awake. We just like, it's me, it's about me, life's about me. And it doesn't, it hasn't stopped, it probably hasn't stopped since then. And that's why we give our lives to Jesus. So, we have been loved by the creator of the heavens and the universe. He has redeemed us. He is, uh, we need to be born again. Everybody, every person that was, that we were all born into Adam. And every person was born into a lost identity, into a flawed identity. And we were all desperate for love. All of us, desperate for love. I was doing this preach this morning at uh, 6.30 to flop to, not flop either, uh, to, to Barnster, to my dog. And there she was on the, she was on the couch listening attentively, barking at the right points. And uh, I went to scratch her chest. Oh, and she loves that. And then as soon as you take your hand away, she, she, she puts your arm and she tries to pull your arm down so you can carry on scratching. She's a needy dog. She needs attention. And there's needy people out there who need attention. Because we, 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 we need love. But we were never created like that. We were created to be loved. And as we love, then we receive. Jesus says it's, it's better to what? Yeah. See, you guys know. You guys are well taught. Now just go and do it. So he died on the cross for you and I that we might be sons and daughters. He died on the cross because we were sinners. He died on the cross because we sinned. He died on the cross to redeem us. He died on the cross to bring us back to the image of God. And so that's what he's done. That is what he has done at the, at the cross. And he calls us to love. To love our enemies, to love our neighbor as ourselves, to love the God with all we've got. Love God with everything you are. You can't love him until he loves you and he loves us. He loves us so. Doesn't he? Doesn't he? Let's be excited today 
that we are His treasure, that we are His masterpieces, that we are created in His image, to bear His image, to carry Him to the lost world, to be the fruit of the Spirit, to be love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, and all those kind of things, all those wonderful things. Because when we are that, people are going to come and feed off us and enjoy us and enjoy Jesus, and they're going to come to Jesus. So Jesus, I just thank you for this morning. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your love. Amen.